Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. God bless you as you're listening. And this is Sam Kowesa, your host, coming to you from the AfriChrist Podcast Studios. And we are here again to talk about regular topics, interfacing with the Word of God, so that we may pray with impact. That's our ministry, praying with impact. That's what we want your prayers to be, where when you pray, things happen just like it was for Jesus and the disciples and all those men and women of prayer over the church history. And today we're going to look at a topic which comes to all of us one way or another. It's titled very simply, Fear Not. It doesn't look like a lot, but you know, many times we are in a state of fear depending on what we are facing as uh, in our lives. And today I want to base it basically on three scriptures. The first one will be Isaiah 41, 10, then Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14 as usual, and then Second uh, Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Now let me read those scriptures for you before I get started into our little discussion so that we can see how do we deal with fear and when does it come and what has God provided for us in order to overcome fear in our lives, in the different situations of our lives. And so, here we go. Isaiah 41.10, and I'm going to read this one from the New Living Translation. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Then we have Jeremiah 29.11 through 14. This is a very familiar verse, especially those people who um, tune in in our our podcast because we use it a lot because that's a very basic scripture of God's promises and it's one of those that can really attach itself to almost any scripture in the Word of God to relate to you and where you are and where we are as human beings. And this goes like this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, I'll be found by you, says the Lord, and I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I'll gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. So the third scripture is Second Peter 1, 3-4. And this one is going to be in the New King James Version. As his divine power has given to us all the things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us, 
by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Those are our theme scriptures and in the first one we shall deal with fear. In the second one we shall deal with the promise or plan that God has given us and in the third one we shall see how it helps us to tap into the resources. So we have fear, then we have a promise, and then we have resources. Okay, so once you get that theme together in your mind, you'll see that where we're going, we are going to be dealing with those different things. Okay, now, one thing that we have to understand uh, many times is that as we go through life, the enemy is out there also coming after us. Because, you know, the Bible tells us that he is like a, a roaring lion looking for someone who to devour. But we also know that that lion is really a paper tiger, so to speak. In other words, there is no power in the enemy, despite the fact he's out there roaring, trying to scare us. But nevertheless, many times we fall uh, into uh, his plans. And his plans basically is to destroy us. And remember that Jesus said that the devil is a liar, that he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. In fact, in John 8.44, I believe, he says that um, he was a liar from the beginning and a murderer. When I was a child, my father used to tell us never to lie. He used to tell us that whoever is a liar, he is also a thief. And a thief is a liar. They are one and the same thing. And so we know that the enemy is a liar. He is a thief. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy, as Jesus said. Now, one of the things that we have to know is that there is dignity in what God has planned for us. And fear, what it does, it takes away your dignity. It takes away your fighting power. Because what the devil has done is played with your mind that you are nothing. You can't get out of this. I got you circled. And so he gets you pretty good because you can't move. And once he gets your mind, he's got you. Now, I'll give you a story. One time I saw this video, and this was a, a video of different animals in different settings, but they were all captured, okay? Then one day, uh, I guess they were not feeding them. They were just trying to do some kind of experiments to see what would they do if they were not fed. They're going to start to look for food. But see, that hunger for the stomach, for the flesh, cause them to think differently in their mind. And many times you're going to find that even for us, when we have deprivation from things in the flesh, it causes us to think differently. It causes us to look for solutions. Okay, But otherwise, what the enemy does, he keeps you in fear. He may feed you a little bit so that he keeps you there and you think he's the only one who can feed you. He's the only one who can support you. He's the only one who can help you. And we can see that in many times in the situations of abuse, say of a spouse or even any other kind of abuse. They, what they do is they make you feel like you need them. Without them, you can't exist. Okay. So now these animals, what happened is they were in some kind of cages of some sort for each one of them. And what it does in the end, it makes them feel that they are surrounded, that these cages can't open. Even though they were made such that if these animals thought hard enough, they could really free themselves. Say, for example, there was a dog in a cage. 
and this cage was made such that uh, it was raised off the ground you know the mesh or the wiring was raised off the ground set at so many inches and say for example at three inches or so but with those inches they filled it with a padding soft enough for the dog to lay in to lay on and be comfortable and so the dog was laying on that uh, padding all the time and trying to get out of the cage by squeezing and pushing and eating and doing everything against the cage uh, wiring itself. Surprisingly, it did a pretty good job trying to bend the cage in, in trying to get out. However, it really could not because the padding was there. This comfortable padding was there and the dog couldn't figure out why it couldn't get out. Then as it sat there, it realized that, wait a minute, it's the padding that I'm sitting on that is stopping me from really opening this cage. So it pushed the, uh, the uh, padding aside, the floor padding, and then it started to open the cage from right underneath it. And there you go. It freed itself by pulling from under, first pushing away the padding. Many times we're in a situation and we feel like we are comfortable. Your comfort may be the problem of your imprisonment. And in fact, that's what the enemy does. He makes you fearful of taking away that comfort zone that you're in. But God is there to help you. These scriptures will show you that you know, God is there to help you. Say that I am there to uh, deliver you with my right hand. And one thing I noticed that on that video, after it got out, it looked at that cage. And it was almost like saying, this is all I needed to get out? It shook itself and looked at that cage again and then walked right past it and it knew it was free. What I saw in this example is that many times what fear does to us, it, it keeps us in a position where we don't even realize that we are helping the enemy to hold us down. It was standing on this floor not realizing that it was the solution to its getting out if only it could leave the comfort zone. See, the foam mattress was comfortable. Sometimes our comfort has become our own enemy. Don't necessarily be comfortable where you are. It could be a job. It could be a situation on a relationship you shouldn't be in. And you feel comfortable because you think, or oh, this person has made you feel like without them you cannot exist. And so you just stay there and you suffer and you have this fear of the world out there without this person or this job or this situation or these circumstances. And what God is telling us, do not be afraid in Isaiah, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you up with my what? Victorious right hand. God is saying that, listen, don't let the circumstances cause you to be so fearful that you don't try out that which I've said for you. Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his inaugural speech in 1933, I think it was, he said that the biggest fear that we have is fear itself. He said that in order to have peace, we have to be free from fear. He said that the fourth is freedom from fear which, translated into world terms, means worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point 
and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in position to commit an act of physical aggression against a neighbor anywhere in the world. Freedom from fear is declared a human right in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. But you know, God had seen this before. He has told us this. He said in Isaiah you know, 41.10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. And I promise you that if you pray based on that word, the word of God, you will pray with impact against fear, any kind of fear, any kind of fear. I've used this scripture when praying against fearful situations in my life. One time I was in college and I had no way of finishing college. God said, don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am with you. I am your God. I will hold you with my upright hand. And so, you know, when I was praying, I was saying, God, you said you hold me, but I don't have enough money to finish my college. And there were no scholarships available. It was uh, almost gone coming towards the end of the semester. There were no more scholarships. And I I never qualified for any scholarships. My father supported me all through college. So here I am towards the end of a semester and I have no money to finish because the situation was such that economically my father couldn't do it. I won't go into that. But you know, what happened i saw in the school newsletter i saw an ad in the back there was an engineering scholarship for an engineering student which was donated by a very wealthy person in the city where i was going to school but it was specifically for engineering students so you know what i did though the holy spirit told me to go to the engineering college even though i was in a different major and go and explain my situation to them. Uh, the secretary was, you know, talking to me, telling me the purposes and the reasons for the scholarship that was donated, and I didn't qualify. Then the dean of the College of Engineering heard me, and when he heard me talking with the lady, he came out, and I explained to him why I needed this uh, scholarship to finish my college and why my parents could not send me the money because of where I came from at that, situ- at that time. It was impossible. And the guy said, you know what? The engineering students have written um, an essay as required by the donor, and that, but you don't have one. And it's not engineering. You are in a healthcare field. And so I said, okay, uh, but I need the money, sir. I don't even know where I got this boldness from. But it had to be the Holy Spirit because he's the one who told me to go to the College of Engineering and apply for that scholarship. So you know what happened? The guy said, well, we are meeting on Thursday. And I remember this like yesterday. It was a Tuesday. He said, we're going to meet on Thursday with the guy to present the S's. And he said, I now present your case for you after he reads the S's. So they went there. The donor listened to the S's. He was very impressed. These young engineering students had written very good S's. Then the dean spoke for me. God gave him the words. I don't even know what he told them. But he told them about this case of this young man and he needed this money. So you know what? The guy listened to the story. And he said, give it to him. Uh, On Friday morning, I was in the guy's office. He said, I don't know what happened, but you know what? The donor said, give it to you. Go to your dean. Let him write a, a, a letter of recommendation. I'll take it back to the guy. And if he approves it, you got the scholarship. So you know what? I got an engineering scholarship in pharmacy school. You tell me that isn't God. God would do the impossible. 
God will do what you don't expect if you stand on his word. I stood on Isaiah 41:10. I got an engineering scholarship to finish my last semester in pharmacy school. It is possible my friend stand on the word of God he is able and he can do it these are his promises that's a true story remember my friend you have victory oh let's look at it another way it could be in a new job many times when people get a new job it looks so overwhelming but as they go through the training as they are mentoring the job or as they look at other people doing the work and they become better at the work themselves they get that comfort they become comfortable in doing the work and they get the confidence to do the job and before you know it they don't need any more help or direction in the job now they have dealt with fear because of knowledge so many times knowledge helps us to get rid of fear i give you another example you're ill and you don't know what is going to happen but as you sit with your physician as you sit with your doctor as you sit with the healthcare provider and they tell you hey this is what's going to happen you take this medicine we do this and this you know your fears are allayed and when we have that kind of direction many times we get rid of fear so our first thing was fear how do we get rid of fear god has given us isaiah 41:10 where you know that he is with us he tells us directly don't be afraid don't be discouraged for i am your god and he is god when god says i am your god own him because you know what he loves you he's powerful and whatever you come against he's able to do okay so our number 2 our number 2 was the promise and plan god has a promise for you my friend What is it for your life? You have to find it out and you can't find it. Don't ever think God put us here on earth and we are here to do nothing. God prepares you in your way. Sometimes it's preparation through education. You may need to go to college. See, not everyone is cut out for college. but god has prepared you because he created you in his own image and he knows the plan he has for you that's what he says in jeremiah let's read it again for i know the plans i have for you says the lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope in those days what days the days when you need to know where is my plan what can i do what am i going to do why am i here what's going on in my life he says when you call on me when you pray you will i will answer you you'll find me okay i'll take you out of whatever situation is captivating you he will take you out of captivity into this path which he has planned for you let me give you a very good example and i'll give you my daughter she's a director in a big program okay but what happened is when she was young let's say she would be in we would be in the car and we are driving going somewhere and she sees those people out there uh the street people on the corners the ones that are, are asking for money that many of us want to ignore that many of us don't want to look look to or look at um she would say stop 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 i got to give him something then she'd be going in her purse when she was in high school or whatever she'd be looking for any change any money in there and sometimes she would actually give all the money she had to someone and she would be so happy that you know we stopped to give someone some money then one day i remember the lights was almost turning 
green. And I said, I don't think I'm going to stop because, you know, the lights, they had these cars behind me. She said, no, 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 you got to stop, you got to stop. And then she started to look for money in her purse. And But when I got to the light, it was green, I just took off. She was mad at me for days because uh, I kept telling her, but, but you don't know what they're going to do with that money. She says, that's not your business. They need help. You have to give it to them. And, you know, God will, God will deal with them. Why do you worry? No. And she was mad at me for three days. She didn't want to look at me, didn't want to talk to me. And she just had a heart for those homeless people. You know, another incident, my wife told me they were driving and she says God must have helped her because she told me she saw two, one across the street from the other. She told my wife, Mom, stop. I got to give money to her. And then when she got out, for her, she had seen two people and they were across the street from each other. My wife said the light uh, went red and she went and gave this one what she had and then crossed the street and gave the other one money. There were no cars coming her way to stop her. She ran right back to the car and sat down, very happy. My wife said, God must have stopped all the cars for this girl because she did it. Okay, why am I saying that? Remember we are number two? When God says in Jeremiah, I have, after I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Well, my daughter went through various training. She worked for non-profits and she was given more and more responsibility and then she worked for another non-profit, then transferred to another one. Then, finally, she moved to the city where she had already said, I want to live in that city. When she moved in that city, she started with a job again in a place that was helping people who are underserved. Okay, These were women. And she worked for this um, organization uh, for a few months, but she kept saying, but this is not where I'm supposed to be. See, before she left to go to that city, she would pray and fast. We thought she was getting sick. No, she was praying and fasting. So then she, she finally got the job, her dream job. She's a director in this huge uh, medical center of the homeless medical program. And what it is, is students and interns who are in medical school, who want to go into the healthcare industry, they go through this program, they are trained, and it's basically used as their community service part of their medical training. So she's getting all these applications from all over the country of these people in medical school, in nursing, or other healthcare uh, professions, and they want to go to this program. And so she's directing this program and they had a big write-up on her about how she uh, is passionate about this program. And one of the things she said that really touched me, she said that, you know, a lot of us pass these people. I try my best to have eye contact with these people so they know I'm not just throwing money at them. They know that someone who cares is looking at them. And then she said also that I always carry some money on me some spare money to give to people who ask for money. And she has done it since she was a teenager. I know it's true. And one of the things she does, she has in her backpack a pair of shoes. And she says, I keep this extra pair of shoes in case I meet some woman who needs shoes, like in the winter, I'll give them to her. That's her life. 
That's the plan God had for her. Jeremiah 29:11 has come to pass. In fact, I was talking to her recently about that and I said, "Look how God has done it for you. He trained you. He trained your heart to love and pour out. So when I see you doing this job, God will reward you because we were sharing the scripture where it says that, you know, um if you're faithful in a little, you know, you'll be given much more responsibility and that's how the truth of the word of God is he'll give you more he means it once you are in his plan for you god will make things happen okay now how about in this situations where you uh, you are lost sometimes we do get lost uh, in isaiah 45:2 the bible says i'll go before you and make the crooked places right i will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron surrounding you so you see god will cut all those things all you got to do is pray with impact and say god where am i supposed to be god is so faithful he will lead you in the right direction we see that god has a plan for us yes we were fearful before yes we may be in a situation which we put ourselves in but God's promise in Isaiah 45:2 says I will go before you and make the crooked paths straight the ones that you yourself made he says will help you straighten them up so fear not don't be afraid for I am with you that brings you right back into Jeremiah 29:11 which is his plan for you okay so we have seen uh how to deal with fear and we have seen that god has a plan for us in fact i tell people especially parents that let the child follow their passion through their passion you're going to discover or help them discover the plan that god has for them even as i have given you that example you may not know what to do it may not s- seem like what is going to happen but trust god it will happen trust god he is going to follow through so let the child follow their passion support them be with them or if it's you the same thing follow your passion just remember that god is with you in that same experiment that we talked about earlier there was the other one of birds what happened is these were like two parakeets or parrots and they were in this cage and then they realized that they were not being fed anymore they need to get to get out so one of them figured out how to get out it was just chopping and chopping away at this thing chopping away then before you know it the, uh, the the little door opened however when the door opened it swung it swings right back to to lock the other one in now this one really amazed me so you know what it did when it got outside and it realized that its friend was still inside and was still in the cage it went right back to the door instead of flying away and pulled the door slowly so that the other parakeet would fly out as well well as soon as it came out it let the door go bam and then they both left together and i said then i said wait a minute this thing was not selfish it thought about the captivity of the other and then it came back that's what we are supposed to be doing you may be in a situation where you get out of a mess but you see someone else is in a mess and then if you don't help them let me tell you what you just got you may lose it but god wants us to go back and help the other even for us who are in teaching the word of god 
Many times, many Christians, they are so happy with what they got, they don't think about the one who is still in that prison of the devil. We don't want to give an example of the water God. We just keep saying, praise the Lord, he has blessed me so much, and then we move on. No, we are supposed to let our light shine. That's what Jesus said, that hey, when you get the light, do you put it in a bushel and cover it? No, you tell others about it. Not force them, but just tell them. Let your life show that you have been redeemed and that where you are is not your own making, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And when you do that, God will open even bigger doors for you. Then finally, let's talk about this other part, which is the resources. Many times when we get out of this prison uh, that we have been in, what do we do? Where do we start? This is where the promise of the resources is. And I want us to go over this verse so that you can see that it's possible. God cannot just get you out of this and then throw you out there. Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, it says, As his divine power has given to us all the things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through Lust. Now, that is loaded. Almost every one of those words in there is loaded. Let's take a few of them you know, apart. God is sovereign. He has divinely used his power to provide you whatever is coming. As his divine power, God is all-powerful. He is almighty. And he has decreed that this is for you. He has given to us all things that pertain to to life and what? Godliness. In other words, if you are suffering for, from sin, he has given you everything you need to get out of that sin. His son Jesus Christ, first and foremost, the blood of Jesus, he has given you prayer, He's shown you the word of God, he has given you everything that you need. And then he has given you a mind to comprehend that you know what, I need to do such and such. Try it. Don't just go to church every Sunday and not apply it. You have to let the word of God be applicable to your situation. And guess what? There is application of the word of God to any situation that we have. And then the other thing is said here that he has given us everything that pertains to life. To life. Whatever you need for life. Whatever you need for what he has assigned you in life. Wherever you need to go in life. He has given it to you. It's there. He's not making it again. He has given it. Look for it. That's why he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that if you look for me, you will find me. So, are you thinking God is going to appear in this big suit? No, he's not talking physical presence of God in the way we know it. Remember when, he, when Moses said, hey, I'd like to see you. And he says, no, you cannot see me, but you see the back end. In other words, you'll see what he has done. You'll see what God has done. God is out there. He has done things in his path for us. As he created this universe, as he created this earth, the things that he has done, he has made. They are already out there. Moses 
could only see the backside of God. God has no physical backside. He's saying you're going to see the results of the things that I've made. And that's what he saw. He saw all these things that God has made for him to survive the desert, to live wherever he is. That's what we need to see, God's backside. The backside of God means the things that he has created for us to move on, to do, to operate, okay? So that's why he says that you are not going to see my front side. You are not going to see what's in the future of me. You need to to live where you are. My front side is my promises. The promises I have for you in Jeremiah 29:11 and in other scripture my front side is your faith in believing my promises that I have for you while my backside is where you live that's the testimony of your of my word of the things I've done that's where you live that's how we live we live by faith not by sight you live by faith in me not by sight of me Okay and that's what God wants us to do. You know, if we look for him wholeheartedly, we will find him as he says in 29:11 through 14 of Jeremiah. But see that comes that's his divine nature. That's the divine nature of God. We see the things that he has done. That's why in another scripture it says that hey, his presence is manifest in all his creation. When you look out in his creation you see his presence okay so now god has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness if he wants you to go back to school go back it's not the age it doesn't matter if he wants you to go on a certain training go if he wants you to cooperate and uh, network with certain people do that's god he's going to manifest in his creation it includes even the plants that you see out there whatever it is that god wants you to do if you pray you will find him you'll find his presence in whatever he asks i gave you the example of my daughter his presence was in those homeless people and she did it when she would since she was a teenager and guess what now she's a director of this program for hope nationally known there are only four in the country and she is one of those directing it okay and so god has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness that's the way praying with impact works you get god's word you apply it to yourself and guess what you see the manifestation of god so now that number 3 the resources that's one way you find them because he says that by which he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises they are exceeding what you can even imagine or think it exceeds your lack of education it exceeds your uh, being put down for whatever reason i'm a woman i'm too fat i'm too short i am white i am black i am an immigrant i am this it doesn't matter he says that hey it exceeds all those his great, great and precious promises exceed all that stuff so that you'll be acting in a way that God wants you to do in the plan that he has for you that's his divine nature and he says we are partakers of it because we are created in his own image that's what the bible says that we are created in God's own image and so my friends i just want you to know that number 1 fear not for God is with you Number 2, he has a plan for you. Number 3, he has promised that the resources that you need 
have already been created, both uh, divine and material stuff. That's why he says all things that pertain to life and godliness, it's all out there for us. So we're going to quit with that. And I want you to think that everything is going to be all right. It's not, see, when someone says everything is going to be all right, it doesn't mean it's not going to be rough. It's like you can be on a plane and it goes through this uh, um, uh, uh, turbulence. Yes, you go through the turbulence, but everything is going to be all right because you're going to land and you'll be on the ground and you go home, whatever it is. The pilot is usually not scared. He may, he may be quiet for a while while he's navigating for you. What you do? All he says is that, hey, put your seat belts on and stay put. That's what we have to do. Put your seat belts on. Read these three scriptures and whatever else God gives to you. And you're going to see things will work out. Amen? So we're going to pray with impact. I believe in praying with impact because like we say at the very beginning of this program, that you know what? The disciples and Jesus prayed with impact. That's why whenever they prayed, things happened. Peter, he prayed, things happened. Because now they have the Holy Spirit Things will happen. Same thing with us. We have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And we know one thing. When we pray based on the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, that we know not what to pray, but by His Spirit, guess what? We shall pray with impact. And that's what's going to happen. The prayer that sometimes is going to be long. And people say, why is he always praying? Is she always praying? Oh, it will be short and to the for example, we all know about this uh, the story of Jabez. The guy just prayed a one-liner. Ministries have been created on that one-liner. On that one-liner. Go look look it up. The prayer of Jabez is one line, one verse. And it was powerful. Look at Jesus when he went to the tomb of Lazarus. He, he put his hands up and said, God, I thank you that you always hear me. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. That was his direction. Lazarus come out. And guess what? Lazarus came out. He was even still wrapped up because Jesus had to tell these people, the network of people that was around him. Remember we talked about the network? He says, hey, untie him. So you can imagine he came out popping out with all the graveyard clothes surrounding all around him. He couldn't walk well. So he says, hey, unwrap him. He was wrapped in graveyard clothes. Sometimes you may be in graveyard clothes and God will send someone to unwrap you. But you have to be in a place where you obey his word and be in his plan. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, thanking you for your goodness, mercy, and love. We thank you, Father, that you have seen today that we don't have to fear because we are with you. You are with us. You said you strengthen us and help us and hold us up with your victorious right hand. And so we stand on that promise based on Jeremiah 29, 11, that you have a plan for us and that the plan is for good and not for disaster and that if we look for you wholeheartedly, that we shall find you. Father, let us find you in our circumstances because you're there. It doesn't matter what circumstance it is. You are there because everything is your creation, Lord. 
Father, we thank you for Jesus, your son. We thank you for the blood of Jesus because your word says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And as we go through these scriptures, as we interface them with our lives, it becomes our testimony. And so we shall overcome and we have overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ and the word of that testimony that we create as we move on in your plan. Thank you, Father, for everything that you have prepared for us because you said in your word in Second uh, Peter, as we have seen, Lord, that you have given us everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness. And you just didn't give it to us. The Bible says that by your divine power, you have given us everything that pertains to our life and a godly life. Thank you, Father, that even according to your word in Isaiah 45, 2, that you say that if we are doubtful, that you will go before us and make the crooked path straight. You go out before us, Lord, and you start straightening the crooked paths, Lord. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We know that you are with us. So, Father, thank you that from now on we have no fear because you are with us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your name. Amen. Okay, friends, as we finally do, as we always do, so I'm just going to do an honorable mention of the countries, all the countries we've had downloads from, okay, in the last month or so. And so we're going to see uh, up on top we have... United States, Uganda, Australia, India, Switzerland, Dominican Republic, Ireland, Yemen, United Kingdom, Ghana, Morocco, Paraguay, Russia, and Thailand. And then there are others which it says unknown. And usually what the unknowns are, many times people download or listen to our work whether when they're on international waters or up in the air. And so... The uh, people who keep the statistics or the companies that keep the statistics, the analytics, they call them unknown. And that's what unknown means. Of course, they know every part of the world, but because this is dynamic when you're in the air or on the international waters, they just say unknown. We are so thankful for everyone who downloads our podcast, and we are blessed that we are able to give you the Word of God in a practical manner, wherever you are. Thank you. God bless you. Until next time, uh, this is Sam Kawesa signing off from Afri Christ Prayer Ministries. And bye-bye.